Welcome to The Real Ethics, where we talk all things real and ethics in reference to professional practices and pop culture. I'm your host, Ronnie Brooks. Thank you for tuning in for today's table read. Over our past three episodes, we have tackled many ethical challenges associated with civil rights and addressed issues of discrimination of the LGBTQI community. In this table read, we want to continue this conversation by looking at representation within film and media, and how film often depicts society's attitudes, morals, ethics, and belief systems within storylines, written characters, and script dialogues. This includes the stereotypes, the prejudices, the racism, the bigotry, the hatred, the misogyny, and discrimination associated with that Pacific era. Through history and the lens of a camera, what is shown on screen becomes a beacon of some form of truth for that time and that generation or that period. What is considered truth or reality is based on the audience's relationship with the film and its characters. Are there any general limitations to how filmmakers represent the BIOPOC communities, women, disabled, the LGBTQI community, religious groups, socioeconomic classes, and professions? I can't pass for black. Who are you telling me? I didn't say I was going to make you black. I said I was going to get you on the train. Now we got to make them cops think you're black. It'll never work. Never. What, are you afraid it won't come off? Oh, that's a good joke. That's humorous. Like that. May I speak? Yeah. This is crazy! It'll never work! Don't you understand? Are you kidding? Look at that. Al Joseph made a million bucks looking like that. Now, here, you try it. Yeah, don't worry about your eyes, because you're going to be wearing these. step out of here, you gotta step out of here like king shit, right? You bad. I put that radio to your ear, that's gonna help cover your face, right? And just move with the rhythm of the music. Move your body with the rhythm of the music. That's all you gotta remember, okay? Let me see you try it. Step to the music. Step to the music. Yeah. Step to the music. Stop. How come you white has got such a tight ass, man? How you gonna walk out of here with a tan face that white walk? Just get into the music. Come on, George. Come on. Loosen up. Listen to the beat. Let your feet move. Now do it. Can't you feel it? The temple's right here. Right in there. That's all you got to do. Yeah, now try it. Don't you feel it? Yeah. yeah. Needs work, George. Needs a lot of work. You know that. When you practice, man, you got to practice. But let it be loose. Listen to the music. Follow the beat. Here. Feel it coming up? Feel it? Yeah. It's coming? Yeah. That's it. I'm going to get the tickets. Okay? I'll be back. Work on it, George. God, thanks. Be cool. Shake it, but don't break it. Hey, man, how do I look? You look sharp. I feel sharp. You hear? I feel like it's turning around midnight. You dig? How does that? Get down. Get down. Feeling good. Feeling fine. Feeling real fine. Hey, just loosen up those hips, sugar. All you whitey's got a tight ass. Yeah, get that ass moving there. 
The clip that you just heard is from the 1976 film Silver Streak, starring Gene Wilder as George and Richard Pryor as Grover. In this scene, Grover helps George disguise himself as a black man by putting brown shoe polish on his face in an effort to fool the police. George is shown mimicking 1970s stereotypes of black people in the mirror, dancing and speaking in jai talk, carrying a small portable radio while snapping his fingers and giving people hand slaps. Know that this scene could be seen by today's audience as offensive to the black community. But in 1976, it was not. This is typically how black people were depicted and shown on screen, as criminals, jai-talking, loud, and musically gifted. This is one of my father's favorite films, and watching it across a multi-generational audience with him, my sister, my spouse, and my niece brought perspective to how much social change and the reality of what's considered right and wrong based on one's current ideals. It's important that films are able to show reality, but also provide truth in how they represent diversity in storytelling. This is the ethical challenge we continue to address in society and within filmmaking and media. So let's reel it out. Film serves as a depiction of current attitudes. We can look at film from any decade and grasp the political and social climate of that era or time. We can also look at film as a means for change and increasing opportunity for those who have been discriminated against and overlooked in the film industry. In 2009, a study called Honest Truth by three authors looked at ethical challenges of documentary filmmakers face when representing their subjects in their work. The study found that 45 filmmakers shared common principles related to their subjects, such as do no harm and protect the vulnerable, and in relation to viewers, honor the viewer's trust. The authors of the study highlight the responsibilities filmmakers have to their subjects, the viewers, and their own artistic vision and the production. These responsibilities often conflict with ethical and moral principles, especially with investors, studios, and money is involved. The lack of ethics in the film industry often leads to misrepresentation of people of color, women, and the LGBTQI communities. The Netflix documentary Disclosure, directed by Sam Fetter, discusses many ethical challenges of how the transgender community and the portrayal of women have been represented over time in film. Can we all just talk about D.W. Griffith for a minute? Not only is D.W. Griffith incredibly racist, but he understands that you can turn gender non-conforming people into the joke of your story. It's like, oh yeah, great, D.W. Griffith, you, you know, racist piece of shit. You, you've invented the stereotype in film, well done. If you look at that early silent film of Florida Enchantment, it foregrounds questions of gender change and using blackface while you're using gender cross-dressing, you know, just like it's these sort of twin fascinations that, you know, they're always sort of tangled up with each other somehow. It's interesting when you look at things historically, you know, in terms of trans-masculine experience. Like, you know, the, first there's no such vocabulary back in the day of, of trans anything. 
in the Florida Championship, she eats a seed, and then like, bah, voila, she, she wakes up, she's a man. And you know, not only were we looking at gender expression, but then also the racist expectations. So the white person becomes this high society dandy, like the ideal of what a man should be. But then her handmaid is forced to take the seat. She becomes this aggressive valet who's violent. And so even in this gender transgressive fantasy, you still have white characters in blackface playing these horribly fantastical versions of black people. There are lots of ugly things about our history that feel like an assault, I think. But I think we have to know them. I think we have to learn them. question is, is it bad casting or just plain ignorance, fear, and insensitivity? What does true representation look like in film and media? The term representation is the particular group or portrayal of the particular group's communities, experiences, ideas, or topics from a particular ideological or value perspective. It's also the portrayal of someone or something in a particular way or as being of a certain nature. These portrayals often influence opinion or action. So for this table read, we wanted to acknowledge films and artists who have correctly represented diversity in the creative process. This includes directing, writing, editing, location scouting, sound engineering, design, producing, consulting, casting, and most importantly, storytelling. The Real Ethics gives a shout out to those that truly represent. You must be plumb out of your mind. You gotta watch yourself pretty close. If you fellas stuck together instead of letting them walk all over you, they might not try it. They've been doing it all my life. Well, maybe it's time you stop letting them. You sound like a trouble man. I want to always talk about sticking together. Want to keep a job, boy? Now, just how do you intend to support your family, huh? Would you like to have a baby, Duff? To be in the house of the Lord. If you're here with us for the first time, please stand. What a beautiful family. Glad you're here. How's your daddy like that new farm? He growing things good, doing things right. Yes. I don't like grandma. Where were you born? In Squamish. What do you like about Squamish? I've never been anywhere else. Me neither. What do you like about Aster? She's pretty and smart. What else could I like about her? I don't know. How her eyes look right into yours. How you can live in an ocean of her thoughts and she really knows. I'm so stupid. I just meant... You like Aster? Hey, it would suck to have to pretend to be not you your whole life. I gotta go. No, wait. 
Girl, calm the fuck down. It's not that serious. I will go with you under one condition. You must promise me that there's not going to be any drama. I promise. I promise. Look at me in my eyes and promise. I promise no drama, Alexandria. Oh, boy. Help me, officer! You didn't have to Chris Brown the bitch. What did you do to her? Does your friend ever shut up? No, that bitch been talking ever since I met her. Cindy, what do you see in him? Talk to me. We've been out of jail for 24 hours. She's already causing drama. She called the police. The cops are coming. Come on, girl. Out here, it is all about our hustle, and that's it. These are new types of human beings. They are not demoralized or defeated persons. They are leaders, but are rooted deep among those they lead. We mustn't be victims, but protagonists of our stories. Don't you think it's time things are different? As individuals, we have an impossible battle. As a collective, we stand a chance. And you're playing with your grandkids while the tanhuas are blooming and the birds are chirping. That it was because of me. A poor, raised by a single mother, low-class immigrant. Nobody. How do you know he said okay? I got a nose for white supremacy and he smells like bleach. People who wear masks are driven by trauma. They're obsessed with justice because of some injustice they suffered, usually when they were kids. Lots of movies out there. Why are you carrying around this one? She looks like me. The what? When I put it on, you felt what I felt. Anger. And that's what I thought, too. But it wasn't. It was fear. It was hurt. You can't heal under a mask, Angela. Like this? This is nice. Pretty. I like the color. Excuse me, miss. Can we try this on? Well, I don't think you'd be interested in that one. Why? Well, because that dress is eight hundred dollars. You know what? Could you just take it off the mannequin? We'd like to try it on. Selena. Hi. Selena. Selena, stop. Selena, stop key! Selena, Selena, stop key! Selena! What's going on Selena, in here? Hey. Selena! Hey. Who's Selena? She's here for the Grammys! The Grammys? So, what do you think? Mm, me either. Excuse me, miss. Excuse me. We don't need the dress. Selena! Thanks. This is a sweatshop. I'm grateful for what Amah has taught me. And I'm proud of what I do. Jimmy, does your mom understand you? You'll never fit into that one. It's a size seven. It's like she hates me. She thinks I'm fat and I'm ugly and God knows what. You're not fat. Oh, look how beautiful we are. Who cares what we look like? Let it all hang out. 
have curves. Anna, don't eat the plant. I've been out there since I was 13. I've been straight up, but what come back? This game is rigged, man. Be like the little bitches on the chessboard. Pawns. You go a long way in this country killing black folk. Young males especially. You always in the market for a good soldier. This here ain't you. Many of these kids are profoundly damaged. What they've seen, how they've lived. You, you didn't make good choices. You had good choices. Options that being rich and white and entitled gave you. Again, that's the difference between you and me. I would never make this about race. Elena, you made this about race when you stood out there in the street and begged me to be your maid. This is not working out. I think this is going to be your last day. You think? Is this all just a plan with you and Bibi to worm your way into our lives to get to Mirabelle? Why did you even take this job? I took this job to protect my kid. From what? From you. I thought we were friends. White women always want to be friends with their maid. I was not your maid, Elena. And I was never your friend. This list should be a lot longer than it actually is. Though in recent times there's been an uproar in the film and media industry regarding representation, we have only scratched the surface. As Lauren Washington from Medium states, without accurate representation, there is a tragic erasure of the beautiful multifaceted society that exists in our world. Thank you for listening and tuning in to this week's Table Read as we acknowledge films that have had an impact on how we see Pacific communities and marginalized individuals and groups. Please review Lauren Washington's article, The Importance of Representation of Film and in Media. Lauren provides an accurate review through statistics and several studies that evaluate this ethical issue in media and in film. If you like what you're hearing and would like to continue reeling out ethical dilemmas with us, Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on Apple or Spotify. The Rural Ethics will return in the month of June, but keep track of us through our Instagram feed for relevant content on ethics and professional practices in pop culture. Well, till next time, and that's a wrap. Nas is the rebel of the street corner, pulling the check out the dresser. Police got me under pressure. 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 pressure.